ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the baseball podcast on a on a day after some would say the best day of the wbc i would be one of those people i think um obviously as a i would say a member of the u.s club uh i am a huge supporter and i gotta be honest with you ethan i we were watching the game together i don't know about you after Daniel Bard, you know, exited the game, I was on suicide watch. I I felt the same way. I was I was forlorn. One might say morose, and I, sure. I yeah. we can blame Daniel Bard. He didn't have it, but I think the blame. I was ta- I was talking about this with you. I was talking about this with Sean. I think the blame yeah. if if they had lost this game land squarely on the shoulders of Mark DeRosa. And I think this is a phenomenon that happens all too often in sports. And it's just the human condition. There's nothing really wrong with it. But if they lost this game, people would be outside Mark DeRosa's house with pitchforks. But since they won, people kind of go, oh, that was weird. And then you move on. You know what I mean? I felt the same way. What a weird little misstep. Yeah, weird little misstep. I felt the same way about Australia when they beat Korea. Like Dave Nielsen made some questionable decisions. I felt the same way about Cuba when they lost to the Netherlands. Like it, it happens. Um, and, and it's, it's the kind of thing where since they won, people are kind of like, whoo, dodged a bullet. All right. on to Cuba. And that is just the way like we're right. going to be, but Mark DeRosa, man, he tried his hardest to lose that game. He brought in Daniel Bard and you like, you never know what you're going to get on any particular night. Daniel Bard didn't have it. Okay. That happens. And he has to face three hitters. That's the rule. Fine. You got to face three. He went out there, right. he walked a guy and then he gave up. That isn't his fault. The worst kind of infield hit you can do is just a doinker that went right over his head, it, but, but, you know, in front of the the shortstop. Yeah, it just Nothing dropped in no man's land in the infield. <laughs> and then he just completely lost control. He 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 hit a or he hit a batter. No, no, he he walked another batter, and then he hit Jose. Right. Then he injured Jose Altuve. Right. And so it was one of those things where he had three three plate appearances, and the base are loaded now with nobody out. And like you got to go to somebody else there. Like Daniel Bard just doesn't have command, and that's okay. That happens. But Mark Derosa is just like because right, he well, had thrown a wild pitch by that point, right? Yeah, he had thrown a wild pitch. I'm and pretty sure he'd is, thrown at least one. <laughs> if you were one of these lower tier teams, if your team is real and you're putting Richard Blyer out there or something, then I understand being like, "This is our guy. We got to ride it out. Hopefully, he can regain his control." But like, that's not the case with right. the You have a lot of guys that you can rely on. So like if Daniel Bard doesn't have it, okay, fine. You let him face the minimum and then put out the, you know, another guy. But Mark DeRosa just let it ride and it blew up in his face. They gave up the lead. And then thankfully Trey Turner cranked right. a grand slam that and saved I, I to the this, day. I said this to Sean. If the U.S. goes on to win, this will be that Adam Jones catch for this year. Like, this will be the moment that everybody is on all the highlight reels everybody talks about. It was super, super cool. But I just want to get that out of the way, Mark. That's probably the greatest moment of the WBC so far. Yeah, it it was remarkable. Go ahead, 0-2 Grand Slam. Amazing. I mean, that's tough to beat. It was incredible, and and the lead held, and they won the game. So you you can't ask for more than that. But the thing thing that I just want to say is – like Mark DeRosa, you could tell was in over his head. And I think the you I don't remember all the managers, but I remember Joe Torrey managed at one point Buck Martinez and Jim Leland. Like these are all guys who are like accomplished big league managers. I'm not sure about Buck Martinez, but I know he did manage in the big leagues. And then Mark DeRosa. They brought in a guy who's an MLB right. Network analyst and he played for a long time. And I like Mark DeRosa. Like yeah. I like him on MLB Network. He's a fun yeah, guy. They brought in a guy who's on TV. 
Yeah, like I like Mark DeRosa a lot. I think he's a lot of fun and he's like he's like good at his job. He's not a manager. And the thing is, like, there are plenty of guys out there that I'm sure would jump at the job and they brought in like a rookie basically. And it showed like he didn't he didn't know what he was doing last night. And it worked out okay. And that right. was fine. And if they win, then Mark DeRosa will get credit like everybody else, and that's perfectly fine. But I think this has got to right. show the program. Like when it comes to something like this, like tournament style baseball, and especially it's not like an MLB team where you can tell the front office making a lot of the decisions like I don't think that's the case here. I think it's the more the manager. Yeah, there is no front office. Right, there is no front. I mean, I'm sure they have statistics guys working for them and stuff, but like, it's more the manager. You got to have somebody who like really knows what they're doing. Like, you know, and if you want to stick with Jim Leland, Joe, Joe Torrey, those types, that's fine. But you can't bring in somebody like Mark DeRosa right. and say like, he'll figure it out on the fly because he easily could have lost the U S that game last night. And that would end the tournament. So I don't want to put it. Yeah. That's kind of always been my opinion. My opinion on managers has transformed to like when I was a kid and I just listened to what people said on TV. It was like, dude, you need a good manager. He's got to be making good moves. I have evolved in my opinions. And I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. I think we talked about this in uh, uh, when we were talking about Joe Girardi oh. a year ago at this point. Um, it is very hard for a manager to make a positive difference. Just because in MLB, again, so many of the decisions are made by the front office. You know, the manager can't really make the players play that much differently. Like, you can't make them hit more home runs or whatever. There's a little bit that you can do here and there if you have, like, you know, if you're a hitting coach or whatever. But at the end of the day, there's not a lot of positive difference you can make. You can make a lot of negative difference if you are just not pulling the right strings, which DeRosa – at least there did not pull the right string and the u.s almost paid for it really badly yeah (laughs) he is very fortunate that not only did u.s pitching generally keep venezuela pretty quiet after that aside from another homer from arias uh also um you know trey turner hit a grand slam and bailed everybody out which you know I can't get mad about that. That was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. I'm so happy that you get to watch Mike Trout actually be, you know, happy about a baseball game and not like, you know, and Trout goes four for five with two homers, seven RBIs as the Angels fall 10 to eight. Right. You know, (laughs) like you finally get to watch Trout. Trout didn't even play all that well in this game. Like he finally gets to just be a guy on the team, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, he's their best player, but – He's got a team behind him in this World Baseball Classic where when he's not on fire, everybody else picked him up. Trey Turner picked him up today. You know, I think it's great. Trout, I've loved Trout for years. Obviously, that's not, you know, that's not a particularly interesting take to be a huge Trout fan. But, you know, it does suck to watch this generational talent just languish on the Angels and just be bored as hell because the Angels win 78 games every year. Yeah. So that was a nice change of pace. Um, and, you know, it, it's cool to watch, especially somebody like Turner, who we're excited for as Phillies fans. You know, I mean, Turner looked a little bit lost in that game, but then Bracho threw him a center cut fastball, and he did not miss it. <laughs> One of the worst 0-2 pitches you could possibly have thrown, and not a great guy to throw it to, although there is not a great guy to throw it to in that U.S. Yeah. lineup. Well, so, Kyle Higashioka. I think uh, we passed. Yeah, but he's not in the line. That's a good point. He wasn't. We were joking 
we were joking that DeRosa was going to pinch hit Higashioka for like Schwarber. You know, like, like calls him back. De- DeRosa calls back Schwarber, and it looks like he's sending out Kyle Higashioka. <laughs> well, that's an interesting choice from DeRosa. I think, you know, DeRosa may very well end up being a good manager. It's just that he's never done it before. Yeah, he's learning on so the So he goes out there and. And and uh, listen, I've managed many elite teams, okay, such as the men's league team that I used to play for. I think there is a little bit to trusting your guys. That's probably not the right situation for that. At this point in the tournament, you have to manage like, if, like it's game seven right. of the World Series. If you got a if you got a starter in like a regular season game or even like a, a postseason game, if if he starts to labor a little bit, but you know he's a good pitcher, it can be worth it to give him a second chance to kind of push through it. That was not a guy who was otherwise good laboring a little bit. Like, Daniel Bard just didn't have it at all. Right. Like, that was a three-batter minimum. Easy. Yep. And I feel bad being so negative about that one part of the game because otherwise, I mean, the United States – they beat Venezuela, which I was not confident about because Venezuela has looked really good in this tournament. Yeah, it is a little bit of a really bummer to see night. Venezuela. Venezuela they did, yeah. I mean, like Martin Perez put him in a in a big hole early, and they almost crawled their way out of it. They, I mean, Venezuela is an yeah. elite team, and I mean, like you said, with like you don't want to be a bummer. It's it's. I'm super excited. The U.S. Is moving on, and I think. I think they have the best chance of out of anybody winning the tournament at this point. It's just one of those things where I feel like it needs to be talked about because it's like, we don't want to forget that like this easily could have gone the other way. And, and I'm, right. I'm not convinced that that won't happen again, if that makes sense. And you know why, you know why? Because I was listening to mm-hmm. Mark Rosa on the Chris Rose rotation and he was talking about, you know, his coaching staff. And he's like, you know, he's like, this is my first time managing, but he was like, man, I tried to bring in a lot of guys. He's like, Andy Pettit, He's a great pitching coach. Ken Griffey Jr. is a great hitting coach, you know, whatever. And then he was like, and, and he was like, and I mean, I got a guy like in my right hand man that, you know, if I'm making a bad decision, I got a guy who won 700 big league games next to me, Jerry Manuel. And I was like, and Jerry Manuel was a big league manager mm-hmm. for a long time. There's nothing wrong with Jerry Manuel, but like he led up to that, like he was going to be like, and I have John McGraw next to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got Bobby Cox and Jerry Tommy Manuel. Lasorda next to me. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Like, well, we were talking about Jerry Manuel time. is not even the manager whose last name is Manuel from recent days, who I would say is superior. Yeah. I mean, like, if you got to pick one, you got to go with Charlie Manuel, yeah. right? There's nothing wrong with Jerry Manuel. It was just an interesting choice. It's like, well, that's my guy. I mean, you you said it last right. time. Manuel has graduated to just being inherently funny. <laughs> I did say that. Jerry it's Manuel. not like. I think it started with the Johan Santana complete game shutout where he said that was gangsta. And I think it, the legend has only grown. Like, I just see Jerry Manuel and I start laughing. Like, yeah. why? I don't know. It's Jerry Manuel. Like, he, he didn't do anything to me. It's not like he was, like, a terrible manager. I think he made some missteps with the Mets, but that team fell apart around them also. I mean, like, at the end of the day – why is he inherently funny? I don't know. Why is like Jack Black inherently funny? Right. Like, it's just, and they have just reached that point. They've some reached things, the, like funny and yeah. yeah. Some things just are funny. We're 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 going yeah. on. There is one more big story that came out of this game. Jose Altuve is out with a broken mm. thumb for what at least two months. It sounded like the timelines a little up in the air, but 
on the one right. hand, I'll give my thoughts. On the one hand, that's a bummer that another superstar, you know, is out for a while because of the World Baseball Classic, and this is just going to be more fodder for people to be like, meaningless tournament, doesn't matter. On the other hand, right. there are a lot of people on the internet being like, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. It's a shame nobody told him what pitch was coming. I agree wholeheartedly, man. Like, I'm not I'm not rooting for anybody to get hurt. Like, I'm not sitting there being like, and this one will hit him and it'll get hurt. Yes. But it's since it happened, is there some sort of, co- you know, cosmic justice at work? Who am I to say? You know there may mean? be. Like, but, but I, I, if people, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Astros, well, if you want to stun on the Astros and be like, oh, I wish you had a trash can telling you what pitch was coming, go ahead, man. Dance on their grave. I don't like them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't care. See, we can't, we can't be rooting for all the Astros to get hurt, though, because the bullpen has Ryan Presley in it for the U.S., and the lineup mm-hmm. was carried pretty hard by Kyle Tucker last you're night. Right, so, right. well, we they need to root for not American. Team. They weren't on the 2017 team, so I don't have as much. Uh, I don't have any beef. I need. All to right, fair enough. Them. Or I would argue the Jose Altuve okay. and the rest of Carlos Correa and the rest of those guys. They need to squash the beef with us. They haven't. Well, this is going to. Yeah, uh, listen, Carlos Correa, um, Jose Altuve, you know Carlos Beltran, Alex Cora. Uh, I'm going to need you guys to come on the podcast. Yeah, and, and apologize. If anybody wants to, wants to come on and 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 unburden themselves. You can email us at thebaseballpod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter. Yeah. I'm trying to help pod. you out. Get you something started. Yeah. Anyway, this is going to so, be one. Is there anything else we need to cover? Jose Altuve is out. That sucks for the tournaments, prestige at least. Yeah. The U.S. won. I think, um, listen, it's about an hour to game time, the U.S. versus Cuba. I mean – you got any early predictions? I know Phil's listening in, being like, "Yeah, choose not Cuba again." I dare you. I mean, I'm, I think I'm this going... is different because Cuba is not the heavy favorite here. Yeah. Cuba is a huge underdog. I'm going with the U.S. So, here. I just, I just don't see Cuba winning, and and they're throwing Roenis Elias. Like, come on, guys. You know what I mean? I mean, listen. I, I well, just want to, say, to be if, fair, the U.S. is throwing Wayne right. <laughs> If if Phil is right and they yeah. win, then I hope he clips this and makes fun of me for years. But I I got the U.S. Yeah, I got the U.S. Let's see, let's make up a number. I'll go with U.S. nine to two. Nine to two. Wow, that's a that's a drubbing. That's a thing. All right, uh, I'm taking the U.S. I'm going. I'm I'm taking the U.S. I'm going ten to five. All right, I, I think, think that gonna there's going to be a lot of early scoring. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be like a mercy rule. Like, Cuba's a good enough team that it won't be that. But, like, I don't think it's going to be particularly good. Right. Of course, now that I say that, the yeah, Cuba's going to win 18-4, to four, you know? <laughs> like, right. Well, I'm kind of looking at – I don't like Ruinus Elias against the United States team. He's kind of washed. Like, he's a good pitcher still, but, like, compared to major league pitching, he's a little bit washed. Like, I think he's in relief for, like, the Rockies or something now. Like, he, he's – around he missed a couple yeah. of years um i'm not a whole lot more confident in wainwright wainwright was pretty good last year but he's shown a lot of signs of age yeah uh, i don't think i think he was, i, think look, I don't think he looked it, particularly good well, last time I think out the thing about it, though, but... is cuba is not a lineup full of major league stars like they have robert moncada and right. then a lot of guys who are like fringe major leaguers, not even. So like I think Wainwright should be able to handle it. And the U.S. bullpen, despite Daniel Bard, is is elite. So right. I think, I think it shouldn't be 
much of a problem. Should we predict the Mexico Japan game tomorrow? Uh, I want Mexico to win. I love Japan, but I'm kind of loving this Mexico. Mexico has been a little bit of a Cinderella story too. I mean, they came in highly rated. Sean was predicting they were going to be good months before the tournament, but I feel like that everybody kind of slept on them because Mexico hasn't historically done that great in this tournament. So I think I'm pulling for Japan or for not Japan. I'm pulling against Japan. I look at Japan and I say, I despise him. That's what I'm saying right now. Is that true? Do you despise Japan? Well, no, but for the purposes of this prediction, I despise him. So wait, so who so, uh, got to give your actual prediction? I'm taking my prediction. I'm pulling for Mexico. My prediction, I don't think that they're going to be able to stop Japan, unfortunately. Japan just has too much good pitching. Their hitters are all hitting well. I think you're probably looking at like like an 8-3 to three situation in favor of Japan. I'm sorry, Mexico. I, I'm I'm really liking the way you guys have been playing. I I have a case of Joey Manesis that I have had a real hard time shaking. I have yeah. long Joey Manesis. It's metastasized. Um, what do you think? I yeah. this tournament's been wild, and most of the time we've been surprised. I'm going Mexico like six five. I think. Oh! I think they're throwing Patrick Sandoval. And I think they're going to just manage this game for their, like Benji Gill's just going to like manage for his life in this game. And if they have to bring out Urquidy and Taiwan Walker for a couple innings, so be it. You know what I mean? Like it's all back in the next round. I think they can cobble it together and get nine innings out and keep them at bay. And the Mexico lineup is good. Like, I think they should be able to hit like. It put is, yeah. So yeah, I think they can win like a run, one run game, two run game and keep it really close. I think. That's what I think. And then I think Japan will smoke Cuba in the... Is there a silver medal game, or is it just... Or a bronze medal game, I mean? Or is it just... I don't know. I don't think so, now that I think about it, but... I would assume that the silver medal would be whoever loses in the finals, so... No, the silver medal... that would be a third-place game. Is there a third-place game, or do they just what? do it based on, like, some sort of tiebreak? I don't remember. Um... There should well, that, be. that's the sort of thing that you would expect a couple of WBC experts like us to know. And you know what? Unfortunately, you had the wrong expectations of the situation because I actually don't know. Yeah, I'm so, going to have to ask Sean. Um, but yeah, I think let's, Mexico... Hold on, let, let's look it up real quick. Yeah, I think WBC Mexico is third place. Game. I don't think there is actually because... No, I nope. no third place playoff. So then how do they determine who comes in third? It says the ranking of the third and fourth place teams is determined by the WBSC. Uh-oh. I don't like that. My brother, Brian, uh, first guest of the podcast alongside my brother's uh, next course is calling, which is RQ because Rapid. we're going to be heading to the we're going to be heading to the Ethan Pachersky residence to view US versus Cuba. A Cold War matchup yeah. that we have both predicted that the U.S. will win. So we're a looking crisis. at a real Cuban One missile crisis here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, it's, anyway, it's, I got listen, U.S. and know. I got Mexico tomorrow, and you do not have Mexico tomorrow. So we'll see who who's right. I, no. All right. I've been taking favorites, and I have been eating my words every single time. So let's see if it keeps going. Yeah. And then but until the, then, guys. You the underdog in Australia, and you lost. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I know, yeah. Bet against me, dude. I'm like I'm like the uh the Nancy Pelosi stock tracker, except like the reverse of it. So guys, listen. As always, you know, thank you for listening. Uh feel free to tweet at us or send us an email with your predictions or sign up for some Elmer Sins, maybe a little Melvin Mora, or maybe another game that you come up with. Maybe, you know, hey, listen. But until then, when next we meet, you will know that as it always is and as it always shall be. We'll see you next time.